Hello, and welcome to Center Nebraskans, the daily Nebraskan entertainment podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hello, everybody. My name is David Berman. I am the Daily Nebraskans Editor-in-Chief for the 2021-2022 school year. Um, and for a little while longer, I will also be hosting this sick podcast. As well as... I'm Mia Everding. I'm a grad student, just finished my first year. Woo! And I'm a co-host of this podcast for who knows how much longer. Yeah, and I'm Kyle Cruz. I am just a grad at this point i'm just kind of floating aimlessly in the void of life uh trying to find something to do with my time and yeah and once a week i host this podcast for the next month until they kick me out yep so (laughs) this podcast will be canceled yes um also weird thing uh this will be our last podcast that we are recording in person because somebody cough cough dave has to go home to another state or something yeah i have to see my family do an internship or something (laughs) wow unacceptable i know um but yeah we'll keep this podcast going uh, i think through the end of june isn't it over zoom which is less fun but it's still fun (laughs) we could still talk some movies over zoom we can so yeah um so yeah on that note we'll just jump right into it with our first segment of the week which is what have i done and what have i done is the segment you, if you listen to this podcast you know what it is by now we just talk about what what movies or tv or whatever we've been watching and whether or not it is any good so as usual dave let's start with you what have you been up to so in the segment we normally talk about movies or tv shows sometimes a music sometimes a video game um, but I don't think we've ever talked about a comic book. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, so Kyle and I went to a comic shop that is right across from my apartment last week, which I'd never been to. I think it's called Traded Tape Comic yep. Shop. Yeah. Um, very fun little place. Uh, definitely would recommend checking out if you're in Lincoln. Um, but yeah, I picked up this comic book called Spider-Man Bloodlines. Um, it's written by J.J. Abrams and his son. Uh, I think Henry Abrams, I believe is that his name. That sounds right. Um, and they wrote it a couple years ago. I think it came out over multiple years because they had some issues with J.J. Um, Abrams' schedule and everything. Um, but, yeah, I got, like, the full um, collection of it of, like, the five issues that they put out. And so, basically, the premise is um, it's, I guess, spoiler alert for this because I can't really talk about it without um, yeah. spoiling some major spoiling some major elements of it but it starts off with mary jane being killed um and uh peter parker has to deal with that and then it cuts to like 12 years later and he's a single dad um he he doesn't have one of he's missing one of his hands um he's a, a bearded depressed peter parker who is just trying to be a dad and he's not very good at it um and as his son is figuring out that he that his dad is spider-man and he has spider-man powers um and yeah it's excellent it's really really good it's this very just emotional examination of fatherhood and how he does he's very distant toward his son ben um because he just doesn't want to like wrap him up in all of his spider-man things um but yeah it's really really good um i think it's definitely something that i yeah i haven't read a lot of comics which feels weird because i love comic book movies um but i just wasn't really a big comic book fan as a kid um but i think i'm definitely going to start reading some more comics because of this because it just i think it's just a very good medium (laughs) and i uh yeah it's just it's just a lot of fun to read some comics and just do nothing so yeah comic books are cool yes they're fun 
Did you say when it came out? Um, no, because I don't. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I know it was just within the past few years. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Um, so is the son like a baby when Mary Jane dies? He's like two. He's old enough to like remember her. Oh. Um, and he, I once he finds out that his dad is Spider Man, he like resents him for not because mm. Mary Jane dies because of a Spider Man right. villain. Um, so. Oh. Yeah, and yeah, there are a lot of good twists in it. Um, there's some also just like to- there's an older Tony Stark in it, and like all of the Avengers have been killed except Tony Stark, so he's just an old, bearded, alcoholic, kind of insane Tony Stark, um, and so he has to help Ben um, save Peter Parker. <laughs> so yeah, it's really good. It's 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 an excellent comic, and definitely would recommend. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Um, yeah, Mia, what have you been up to? Uh, well, yesterday I finally got around to watching Promising Young Woman. Um, I had kind of been waiting to find it somewhere for free, but I figured that would be a while yet, and it was like $6 on YouTube. So, uh, I rented it, and it was great, and then I was telling my boyfriend about it, and I was like, hey, I bought it, or I rented it, so if you want to watch it in the next 48 hours, and I gave him my email, and then he watched it like an hour later, (laughs) which is great is mia confessing to a crime here i don't know if that's a crime i don't think it it is i don't know it's probably frowned upon by whoever you bought it from probably it's a crime (laughs) okay well hmm. well if it is then (laughs) then i didn't do it he is going no he is going to jail we have proof right here no i didn't do any of that (laughs) um i really liked it it well hmm. it made me very sad (laughs) like i think in a good way but also, like, the complete lack of redemption, like, was so depressing. I finished it, and I was like, hmm, that makes me sad. So I went for a walk, and then I listened to a sad podcast so I could cry. And, yeah, it was a good way to just kind of exercise my, haha, exercise and exorcise with an X-C-O-R. Whoa. Like a demon. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Thank yeah, you. we got it. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. The uh, the kind of just down in the dumps feels you wa- feel when you see a movie like this, um, but no, I I really liked it overall. I I really liked like the color palette. I had watched last week. I had watched a video with like the makeup artist um, who like worked on Carrie Mulligan during mm-hmm. the movie, and so I think that gave me a greater appreciation for like all the different styles that Cassie had throughout the movie. Um, and I really like the framing overall. I think there were some really, really beautiful shots. Um, I wasn't sure. Dave, you haven't seen it, correct? No. Okay, well, this isn't a spoiler. But the one scene where Alison Breeze, I think that, yeah. She, the main actress? Or? No, um, the friend. I don't remember her name. Okay. With, like, short brown hair. Yeah. That's Alison Breeze's character, right? I don't recall. It's been a few months. Okay, since I saw that's it. fair. Her character like comes back to Cassie's house, and then they're having a conversation on the couch. And mm, yeah, she's framed like the friend is framed like she's not in the center of the couch, and then Cassie's character, like Cassie, is framed exactly like in the center of the couch. And there's such a curve on the couch behind her, like gives her wings. And I wasn't mm. sure if that was purposeful or not, but like a an avenging angel. Yeah. As you were. I don't know. I I think it looked okay. I thought it looked very pretty. Um, And then I also, last night and then this morning, uh, watched the first Avengers because we were talking about it last week Mm -hmm. and it um, 
piqued my curiosity because I haven't seen it in years. And it was my first Marvel movie that I ever saw. So there's a bit of nostalgia. Um, I guess I was probably eight years ago, nine years ago. I didn't see it like immediately after it came out. I think I actually saw it like a year later. So um, it was great. Loved it. It's very long. (laughs) Like... I feel like it's in the last quarter that it's actually like the fight sequence in New York and then that's it for the rest of the movie. Um, but there's just a lot of buildup. Um, but what really stood out to me, I think, was Thor's like character development. And again, we talked about this on Thursday when I drove you home. But uh-huh. I have just so loved what they've done with Thor. Um, and it made me think it would be really cool to like dissect I think the masculinity that's in Marvel movies because you have like these very like stereotypical like masculine men like Steve Rogers and then you have like this kind of toxic filth going on with Tony Stark and like his ego um and then and then you have that even in Thor and then that's like slowly kind of broken down I think as his character is developed and then like in Endgame you see him like accessing his emotions and just like being broken by all the death really that's been around him. Um, I'm like not facing his, I don't know, his pain, I guess. And then like the scene with his mom and Endgame when he's just like crying, like I just like adore what has happened with his character. And it's in such a complete like 180 from his character in, in Avengers, who's just like this big muscly boy. And he's just like sad about Loki, but not really doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I want to yeah. write something about it. Yeah. I was going to ask. So I, so last week I had mentioned the Avengers and how there were like some things that I was curious to like go back and rewatch. Cause I thought that maybe they hadn't aged very well. Um, but I, I did go back and rewatch the Avengers last week as well. Um, and I was glad to say that I was proven wrong for the most part. I think it's, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Like I enjoyed it about as much as I had initially, which I didn't expect. Uh, I think in the first act, it definitely is a little hit and miss. Like, I think some of the writing is a little not great in the first act. Like it's definitely just like plotting, trying to like set up what they're doing later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. It just... I think the first act is, like, fine, uh, but I think, like, once, like, you get on the helicarrier mm-hmm. and, like, everything kind of goes awry there, I think from there on, I think the rest of the movie is, like, incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do, how do you think uh, The Avengers, like, has aged? Like, knowing, like, where like where where we were like in time when it came out and like what the like the context of it coming out was mm-hmm. um, and then comparing it to, like, now, um, how do you how do you feel about it? That's a really good question. I think um, I focused more on Black Widow this time around, Mm -hmm. just with Black Widow coming out soon and just like all the character development that we've seen with her throughout the movies. But I think in context of like 2012, when this movie came out, like we obviously hadn't seen much of Black Widow. I think just Iron Man 2 and then that was it. So I think her character really didn't have any... I mean, much backbone to it, and especially in relation to, like, the other characters, because, like, she meets Bruce, she meets Cap, and, like, she's nothing in this movie. Like, I hate the way that she was portrayed, and it's, again, like, this complete transformation, I think, of, like, this, when, like, right after Hulk hulks and she's like left like quivering and there's just a shot of her and she's just like totally Mm shell-shocked and then like all of her characterization is just like wrapped up in her relation to the men because she like gets 
pulled into this because of Clint. And then she like recruits Bruce and then Bruce like hulks out. She freaks out. She's like trying to save Barton. It's just like all wrapped up in like how she can serve the guys instead of like actually her characterization and her motivation for things. And yeah, yeah. that was pretty gross. Yeah. I, I agree for the most part. Like I think like the only, like they don't really give Black Widow like much of a sense of like agency as a character in the first Avengers film um, with like pretty much the sole exception of the scene where she's talking to Loki mm -hmm. um, and she kind of like kind of twists him around and like it like tricks him. Yeah. Um, I think like that's that like that scene with her is really good. But yeah, outside of that, I think Black Widow, like she's mostly yeah, I agree that she's like defined by her relationship to the other character, specifically Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I already mentioned I watched Avengers last week. Um, but then, uh, shortly after that, I watched Avengers Endgame, um, uh, which I hadn't seen like for a while. Cause I like, I don't know. I feel like Avengers Endgame is one of those movies that I don't know, just personally, like, I feel like it's hard to just like go back and revisit on a whim. I feel like I need to watch a lot of other films, to, like build up to it first. And as you've heard, if you've been listening to this podcast, I've been rewatching a lot of Marvel movies lately. And so I kind of got to the point which I was ready to watch Endgame again. Um, and it was kind of interesting watching like the the first Avengers and then Endgame. Because like, I watched like the Avengers one day and I watched Endgame the next day. Um, and yeah, it was interesting just like seeing how far the characters have come since the first Avengers and seeing like how much they've changed. Like how much... Like how better developed like black widow is as a character what they've done with like thor and what they've done with just all of these characters and just like the arcs that they've gone on in like the was it six years between these movies or yeah seven seven, think, seven yeah. years um yeah i just thought it was really interesting and yeah i think endgame definitely still lives up to the hype um yeah it's, it's very very good um but the film i want to talk more so about uh is the first thor uh, i actually just watched rewatched the first thor earlier today for the first time in like years, probably since like before like Infinity War came out. And I went into it like knowing that like I have like enjoyed it previously, but like I wasn't like blown away by it. And I've kind of had the same experience with it. Um, but it was interesting watching this, like knowing what they do with the, th with the character of Thor, because I just rewatched Ragnarok a few weeks ago and then obviously just Endgame. Um, and he starts in such a different place. Like, obviously like they have kind of just reinvented this character since they introduced him. Cause like, I feel like the first Thor and Thor, the dark world are definitely like kind of a separate thing from like Thor Ragnarok and like what they've done with Thor with the character since. Like, I feel like now they're definitely playing into Chris Hemsworth's strengths as an actor rather than trying to make him like this kind of like Shakespearean dramatic character. Um, but the first Thor, I thought it definitely was early days for Marvel Studios. Um, like, there, when I was watching it, there were a couple of points in which I'm like, wow, this CGI is not good. <laughs> like, this is definitely, like, a studio where this is the most expensive film they've made yet, uh, and they're still just trying to figure out what, like, how to do that. Um, but it was interesting just, like, yeah, seeing Chris Hemsworth's, like, beginning in this role. Um, and, like, there's definitely, like, moments where, like, they let him have comedic bits. Like, I think... Uh, one of the funnier parts of the film was like the bit where it's like shortly after he arrives on earth and he like wakes up in the hospital and he's like, Oh, you can't stop me. I'm Thor. And then they just like give him a shot and he like face plants into the mirror into the window and like slides down it. I thought that was pretty funny. I thought Chris Hemsworth delivered that really weird, uh, really well. 
Um, <laughs> really weird. Yeah. Um, what was really weird is the fact that they dyed his eyebrows blonde in the yeah. in the first mm. Thor. It was just it was very off putting. And like I noticed it because I had forgotten about it when I started this movie, and I noticed it about halfway through, and I just could not unnotice it for the rest of the movie. I'm like, it's just it's weird. It just doesn't look natural. Um, but yeah, I thought Chris Hemsworth was great. I thought Tom Hiddleston was like mostly pretty good there were a couple moments that i thought he was a little too cartoony as loki but then there were also like moments like uh in his like one-on-one conversation with with odin when like shortly after he finds out he's a he's a frost giant which they haven't done anything with since they kind of just introduced it in that first movie and then yeah yeah um but i thought uh tom hiddleston was fantastic in that scene um and yeah, just overall, I think it's a pretty good movie. I give it a solid like three and a half stars. Um, there are so one one weird thing I noticed is that there's like an absurd amount of like Dutch angles in 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 the first Thor. Like I feel like half of the yes. shots in the movie are just like at an angle for seemingly no reason. Like it's kind of that way. And maybe that's just Kenneth Branagh's directing style. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of Kenneth Branagh films. Um, I think the only one I can remember off the top of my head that I've seen is Murder on the Orient Express, and I don't remember a lot of Dutch angles in that, but I also saw it once when it came out, so there could be. They could be all over the place. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. You guys, what, when was the last time you watched the first Thor, and just generally, what do you... What do you remember your response being? Yep, there. Just, Mia, Mia brought up the eyebrows. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> it's true. It throws his entire face off. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. I. It's been a while. Um. Yeah, I feel like I have a pretty similar opinion of it, where I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's bad, and I haven't seen Throw the Dark World like at all. Mm-hmm. I've seen the clips <laughs> that like matter. Like I, you know, like I know the general story beats. I think within um, I think before next week's episode I will rewatch Thor: The Dark World. I think it'll happen. Nice, but we'll so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think they really just they had a very specific vision for the character. I think they wanted to take him pretty seriously. I think that's why they they wanted to be like you said, like Shakespearean, and that's why they hired Kenneth Branagh to direct mm-hmm. that. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I just don't think that really worked for this universe. And I, and then with hiring Taika Waititi to direct Thor Ragnarok, like that was a very clear, like this character really, like he's fine, like he's working, like people like him, but he wasn't really anybody's favorite character. He just was kind of this grumpy guy who his kind of main character trait was like he doesn't understand human things as mm-hmm. much. Um, but yeah, I everything that they've done with him since Ragnarok, I think has just been much, much better for the character. And Chris Hemsworth is a very f- good comedic actor, like mm-hmm. strangely, but like he is like, he's, he's very funny. So I'm glad that they played into that. Yeah. And one thing I think worked better in this film than I expected was the relationship between Thor and Jane Foster, uh, played by Natalie Portman. I thought Natalie Portman was really good in this movie. Um, and I thought like mm-hmm. they, cause they're like kind of like, it's the very beginning of their relationship. And you can definitely tell that they're like setting it up for like a, a more well-rounded relationship later on, which never really came to fruition. Um, but so what it watching this movie it did get me excited to see how they bring her character back in Thor Love and Thunder. Um, Cause obviously they've already announced that they're bringing back uh, Jane Foster and she's going to, she's going to wield Mjolnir. Um, 
there's been some some set videos that have leaked in the past week or so that I'd, I I don't I don't want to spoil. Um, but we can talk later if you'd like. Um, but yeah, I just think think it's interesting. I'm curious to see what Taika Waititi does with her character. Um, and yeah, Thor, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Darcy's in that. Yes, she is. And, uh, she's she's yeah, fine. She's fine. Yeah. It's cool that they brought back a very minor character in a very like good supporting role in WandaVision. So mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. Um, but yeah, so from there, we'll just jump into our, our news for the week. Um, we got a fair amount of news this week, um, but I feel like none of it, aside from like a couple of things, are, is like anything that is going to spawn like a, a big conversation. Yeah. Like last week, we had the, the Warner Brothers Discovery thing, which was a big thing. Um, but yeah, so starting as always with, uh, with comic book things, um, we got announcements of a bunch of new DC animated projects, um, which DC has, like they've been working on animated films and shows for a long a long time there's a there's a vast like library of dc animated material but the reason and we usually don't talk about it but the reason i want to talk about it this week is because uh they announced a superman show um that is going to be going straight to hbo max um that is going to be starring jack quaid uh as superman uh, jack quaid if you recognize the name he's the main character in the boys um, but then he's also the son of Dennis Quaid and his mom is, I don't remember. Another famous person. Another but, famous person. Uh, he's also the, uh, what is his name? Cashmere or something. I don't know. He's one of the oh, yeah, he, tributes from yeah, the first I, I forgot about district that. in the first Hunger Games movie. I forgot about that. Oh, his yeah. mom's Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. That's it. What? Yeah. Apparently he's also in Logan Lucky. I didn't know he was in that. Huh. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, I, I like Jack Quaid quite a bit, um, mainly from just what he's done in The Boys. I think he's really good in that role, and I'm really curious to see what it's like having Jack Quaid voice Superman. Um, if you follow him on Twitter, he's very excited about this, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, which I think is just a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, are you guys interested in, uh, are you going to check out a new animated Superman series with Jack Quaid voicing Superman? Yeah, I think I will. I, I yeah, I really like him from The Boys. I think he isn't someone who i would normally like he, he wouldn't be my like first choice for a superman voice but i'm yeah i mean like i i think he has kind of a boyish charm to him so that i guess that fits for superman um but yeah i'm sure he'll be i usually like imagine superman with like a deeper voice yeah definitely. um which i think is why i wouldn't have i wouldn't have thought jack quaid when i thought superman um but yeah i'm, I'm curious do you have any hmm. interest in this mia particularly it's a little it takes a while for me to get um or it takes a lot i guess to be motivated to watch an animated series Mm -hmm. has to be a lot of emotional pull i think like sean the sheep yeah (laughs) kids Um, movies yeah another animated series uh that got announced that is going to be also going to hbo max is called batman caped crusader um there's been a million batman animated shows but the reason this one in particular is interesting is because it's being produced by jj abrams and matt reeves um obviously jj abrams is jj abrams we just talked about him earlier with spider-man bloodlines um but matt reeves yeah is directing uh, the upcoming the batman starring robert pattinson um and yeah I don't know if they, they've probably released some details about what this is specifically, but I just think it's it's interesting. I don't have much to say about it. Just throwing it out there. Um, maybe it'll be good. I'm, I just, I think it's interesting that like those two big names are like involved with this, this animated show about yeah. Batman. So yeah. Cool. seems like Matt Reeves is kind of like 
really getting into just like the Batman mythos because he's doing this. Obviously, he's doing the Batman, and then he's also doing the the Gotham PD show. Yeah. Um, so he's just he's got a lots lots of Batman stuff got lined Batman up. Batman on the brain. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Robert Pattinson, this isn't anything to do with this, uh, but he, he signed an overall deal with Warner brothers, uh, just today, uh, which I think is kind of interesting. So we'll talk about this a little bit later, but like Warner brothers is definitely like doubling down on just like keeping their, the talent that's worked with them in studio. Um, they, they like to like you to reuse actors and like, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, then the last thing I wanted to mention, um, is an animated film based on Injustice Gods Among Us. Um, so DC, like they're, they're pretty well known for like their animated films and some of them are really good and some of them are not. But I think having an Injustice animated film is a really interesting choice, um, because just the Injustice storyline is just so dark like it's and apparently like so there's an injustice comic as well that like came out like after the game had come out um but it like takes the story from the game and just like expands it and like goes into a lot more detail about it um do you know much about the this storyline you Mm -mm, know no basically uh like the setup for it is like the joker tricks superman into killing lois lane um because like he basically just like does something and the superman thinks he's fighting like doomsday and so he like goes all out and then it's lois lane um and that causes him to get very angry and so then he breaks into uh basically a prison uh where batman's interrogating the joker and he murders the joker um and that kind of sets him on a path where he just kind of becomes uh like a dictator he just like takes over the world and it's evil superman and he's like yeah, he basically just, like, has a regime of superheroes that he uses to, like, enforce his will on the planet. And then there's other superheroes that are like, we need to we need to stop Superman. Hmm. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, and it, it gets very violent at times. Like, I remember, like, the scene that always just stands out to me, at least from the game, is uh, there's a bit where, like, Shazam, like, tries, like, standing up to Superman. And Superman just, like, uses his heat vision and just, like, blows a hole through his head. And, like... Superman just like murdered a kid. Yeah. Like it's 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 a lot. Wow. Um, but it's a, it's a really good storyline, uh, and I'm really curious to see like how it translates into an animated film. Um, it be real depressing, probably. Probably. Yeah. But yeah. You guys have any thoughts on this? You looking forward to it? I know the general beats of Injustice, and I think I watched a like walkthrough of it um, a long, long time ago. But yeah. I think I've heard very good things about those games. Um, and so, cool. Yeah. Um, one kind of additional thing that, because uh, this is more so going to be based off of the comic, I guess, rather than the, the games, which the storyline is pretty similar. But I guess in the comic, uh, I was listening to somebody talk about this. Um, and they were mentioning how, I guess there's a scene in the comic where like Superman and the Flash, like is relatively early on and they're talking and they're like, if we wanted to, like, in the blink of an eye, we could just run around the world and, like, confiscate, like, everyone's guns. Like, we could just do this thing. Like, we could have, like, a positive impact on the world. And they're just, like, talking about, like, what the, the ethics are in that. Hmm. Like, in just, like, doing these things, like, that they think should be done. And that kind of leans into Superman eventually, like, becoming the, the dictator that he becomes. He's like, sh- wait, I can literally do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And that's, that's injustice. Nice. Hmm. So, yeah. 
Um, moving on from there, uh, we got the news that the directors of Bad Boys for Life, uh, <laughs> Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah, are going to be directing a Batgirl film. Um, so we've been talking about a Batgirl film in one vein or another for a few years now. A couple of years ago, it was announced that Joss Whedon was doing a Batgirl film, and now that's not happening uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, now they've got the, the directors of Bad Boys for Life. I have not seen Bad Boys for Life. I have not seen any of the Bad Boys films. Apparently, Bad Boys for Life might be the best one. Nice. I've, he- I've heard nothing but like really good things about it. Um, so based on that, I think this could be interesting. Um, I, I It should be noted that this Batgirl film, it's a live-action Batgirl film, but will be going directly to HBO Max hmm. um, rather than to theaters. Um, so yeah, are you guys looking forward to a Batgirl film? Is it something you're interested in? Yeah, I think so. I don't really know if I'm like, I need this, but I bet it'll be good, probably. <laughs> yeah. Good analysis. <laughs> review. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I just, I really don't have much interest, I think, in, like, superhero movies that aren't Marvel. Wow. I know. Sad. You're, you're missing out, man. I mean... Only on very specific things. <laughs> she likes okay. Joker. That's true. That's, that's yeah, true. I just... But I honestly wouldn't count that as a superhero movie. Like, in my mind, that's, that's not that's fair. quite. That's fair. It's, like, it's a comic book movie. But... Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. I think I would, like, not be very interested in a Batgirl film. But the, the fact that it's going to HBO Max, like, I feel like increases the likelihood that I'll check it out. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's interesting that they're, like taking big characters like this and making films about them and then putting them on HBO Max yeah. directly, um, which they're doing that with, I think, Zatanna as well, yeah. uh, which is being written by Emerald Fennell, who did A Promising Young Woman. Oh, um, neat. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm curious to see how this turns out. I, I, I had a thought. I just don't remember what it was. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll move on from there. Uh, more more DC casting. Uh, the so we talked about Green Lantern Corps a few weeks ago. It's the Green Lantern show that they're they're going to be putting on HBO Max, and they cast I don't remember the name of the dude, but they cast uh, Guy Gardner a few weeks ago, and they've just cast Alan Scott, which is like the original Green Lantern, uh, who in the past like ten years or so has been rewritten into a gay character, um, and they've cast Jeremy Irvine as Alan Scott. I don't know who that is. I just He's the Warhorse boy. The Warhorse boy. Yeah. He had a good friend of a horse. Is he the main guy in the movie Warhorse? Correct. Wow. That's what I mean by Warhorse boy. Uh, he's also in Mamma Mia, here we go again. And he's also in uh, I think a very criticized movie like Stonewall, I wanna say. Where yes, they totally like whitewashed history, and they were like, Classic. "This white man was the one who threw the first stone at, or Oop. the first brick at Stonewall." And then people were it's like, "Directed by Roland no. Emmerich, so Ope. makes sense." Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, he did like, he's like disaster he, movie guy. Yeah, he did. He, he did Independence Day, but then he also did Independence Day Resurgence. Whoever was like, uh, we need him to direct ooh. a movie about Stonewall. Bad yeah, idea. Yeah, not good. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think it's it's just kind of further development that like they are actively in 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 the phase of casting this show. So it makes me think that maybe we'll get this show like late next year, maybe twenty twenty three. 
uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then the news of the week, uh, the the biggest story we've got is The Rock will be voicing Crypto the Super Dog in an animated DC League of Super Pets film, uh, which is not going to be going to HBO Max. It will be going directly to theaters. So like this hey, is really yeah, this is like a full like theatrically released animated film about the DC Super Pets, and The that. Rock is going to be voicing Crypto the Super Dog. What a, what a what a decision. Like, I think this will be probably just cute and fun and nothing too intense, like probably akin to like the Lego Batman movie or something like that. But if The Rock is voicing Crypto the Superdog, I'm really curious to see like who else they get, who else they get to, to voice these super pets in this movie. Because I assume, I assume there's like a bat dog or something and like a, I, I don't know any other super pets other than Crypto and that I just know the name. Yeah, but. Batman has a dog. Um... I don't think his name is Bat Dog, but it's like Ace the Bat Hound. It's that's, Ace the Bat Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Um, there's also Bat Cow. That's just a cow that's a Batman cow. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope Bat Cow's in it. Um, looking up uh, on the, the Wikipedia of the Legion of Super Pets, we got Beppo the Super Monkey, <laughs> <laughs> Comet the Super Horse, Scripper the Super Dog, Streaky the Super Cat, and Detective Chimp. Incredible. Sounds great. Yeah. I would love that. I'm sure this will be something. So, (laughs) Mia. We also have Flexi the Plastic Bird. Flexi. (laughs) Mia, I know the the idea of an animated DC Super Pets movie is just something that's made for you. Right up my alley. Um, So, so what what, what do you think about this? I mean, I do adore The Rock. So I feel like I have that going for me, but this will probably not be something that's super high on my watch list. Yeah. I feel like the fact that they got the rock in for this yeah. makes it seem like they're actually like kind of caring about this. Like maybe they actually think this could be good. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out, I guess. Uh, a few, a few more fun things about the super pets. <laughs> so uh, bat cow more specifically is a, just a cow but it has like a bat shaped like patch over its eyes. So Batman's <laughs> like, you're my cow now. <laughs> and uh, Flexi the Plastic Bird is just a parrot with Plastic Man's powers. So that's pretty good. So are these like sentient animals? Like, do, well, I assume they talk if the rock was cast as yeah, crypto. Yeah. Um, um, apparently they, they fight uh, Harley Quinn's hyenas, Bud and Lou. So that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, um, that's fun. And. Yeah, Detective Chimp. Just a chimp. He's a detective. So, yeah, I'm assuming they all they will all talk, and I bet it'll be like the Justice League is gone, or he's gone, or they've been defeated by someone. So now we gotta save him. I bet it'll just be that. It checks out. Um, uh, yeah, just last bit of super pets <laughs> info uh, is that this film is slated for release on May 20th of 2022. So oh, we're that's already under. Soon. Yeah, that's already under a year away. Hell yeah. So, yeah. That makes me excited. Big, wow. big Super Pets hype. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, moving on from there. Uh, we'll, we'll move into the just the general movie news for the week. Um, and I feel like the biggest story is that Amazon is in talks to, to acquire MGM. Um, and the reason that that's a big deal is because MGM owns the rights to James Bond. Um, so there's a good chance that uh, post... Uh, what's what's the new James Bond? No Time to Die? Is yep. that it? Mm-hmm. Uh, post No Time to Die, which has already been like confirmed to be um, Daniel Craig's last Bond film, that Amazon is going to be in charge. If this goes through, Amazon will be in charge of determining who the next James Bond is. And like I assume 
these these films will get released theatrically because Amazon that's something Amazon does, um, but then go directly to Amazon Prime. And so I think that sounds interesting. And uh, their the like price tag that Am- Amazon is going to be paying for MGM is nine billion dollars, which I feel like is a lot of money, but also not as much as money as I would expect for like yeah. James Bond. But not only just James Bond, but the entire studio that owns James Bond. Yeah, I feel like. MGM for a very long time has just kind of been they don't have a lot I feel like I because they're MGM it feels like they should have more properties than they do but they just kind of have James Bond and Rocky that's it that's pretty much it they also have the Adams family I guess but also I think like Netflix is doing something with that um which we'll talk about later. They did the Hobbit movies, so I guess that belongs to them. But also, like that's all of that is just whoever the estate of J.R.R. Tolkien. Like, yeah, to... Tolkien. Tolkien. Sorry. I'm sorry. Goodness. Tolkien. Tolkienian. Have you seen the Tolkien movie? No. It's all right. Is it with Nicholas Holt? It is. Did you watch the Tolkien movie, Kyle? No, I did not. I heard it was fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, like I generally already know the story of J.R.R. Tolkien, and I feel like I don't really need to watch like a an okay movie about it yeah there's a lot of like scenes of war that then like they just like there's like a flash and it's like they're hobbits now ah. like, <laughs> like, like this is how we got the inspiration for this this is kind of a lot of that so. huh yeah um so yeah moving on from there uh last week we talked about knives out too and we said that we would probably talk about knives out too this week too and surprise surprise we're talking we're not, about knives out too actually we're not talking that would, that would be a bigger surprise if we weren't talking about knives yeah out <laughs> um yeah so joining the cast this week uh is kate hudson and leslie odom jr uh i think that leslie odom jr joined the cast like the day after we recorded last week so it's kind of was part of that same like flurry of announcements but you know, we can't control that. So, yeah, <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr. and Kate Hudson joining Knives Out too. Very excited. What do you guys think? Yeah, cool. These just feel like people, I, I think that I said this last week, but if either of them were, like, the villain or the one who did it, I'd be like, cool. You know, like, I feel like they would do it in a fun way. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. was in um, Murder on the Orient Express, so he already knows how to be in a whodunit kind mm-hmm. of movie. Mm-hmm. So. He's pretty good in that one, too. I've not seen that movie, so yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, cool. um, just to re go through like the the cast for for this movie. So obviously, it's written and directed by Ryan Johnson, but then we got Dave Bautista, Catherine Hahn, Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Leslie Odom Jr., and Janelle Monae, and that's just so far. Like, wow, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good cast. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts, Mia? Not particularly. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you, we should get like a like a, a laptop <laughs> sticker that says "Not particularly." <laughs> yes, I like it. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Moving on from there, uh, one of the stories that I'm just like, who who cares about this? Um, is there's a, there's a SpongeBob SquarePants animated uh, there's a SpongeBob spinoff movie in the works about Sandy the Squirrel that is going to be a, a live action and animated movie hybrid. So it'll be like 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 the Smurfs or like Sonic or something where like it's mostly live action, but then there's also animated characters in there. Except it's gonna be Sandy from SpongeBob, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe this will be good, but also who who wants this? Maybe like if they maybe if they get like a good the creative team involved, this could be interesting. But also like I don't think anyone's demanding like a Sandy Squirrel movie. Um, are you guys interested in seeing this? No, not really. I feel like every SpongeBob thing besides the original SpongeBob series is just not good. 
I agree. And that's without having seen any of it, but I just feel like it isn't. I don't know. I think that is an accurate assessment. Because there have been two movies. There was the one that, that came out last year that I just don't remember besides the Keanu Reeves thing. I think there's three. I think the Keanu Reeves one is like a third one because there okay. was the the original one, which was back in like the mid 2000s. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then there was, yeah, the there was Sponge, Sponge Out, out of, of Water, water um, which like, yeah, was... Yeah, I never actually saw that one, but it came out while I was working in a movie theater. Um, and then there was the Counter Reach one last year. And there's a Paramount Plus show right yes. now that's happening. That yeah, I think it's like Camp Coral. Bad. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. it is that. It, I know the animation looks weird. It looks very unsettling. Yeah. I don't like it. Hmm. So. Yeah. All right. Cool. Fun job. Uh, I assume you have no thoughts, Mia. Correct. Cool. Um, Henry Cavill is going to be starring in a reboot of Highlander. Um, Highlander, for anyone that isn't aware, is just like, a very popular, is it from the 90s or the 80s or something? It is from 1986. Um, I know very little about like what it actually is. I have not seen Highlander. I know that like a lot of people love Highlander, like the at least the first one. Apparently the second one is like hot trash, but like the first <laughs> one, apparently it's pretty good. It's like weird mythological stuff, but then also like modern day and just kind of weird and interesting. And I think the guy that plays Highlander also played uh Raiden in uh Mortal Kombat from the nineties. Um I don't remember that actor's name. But yeah. I don't really have much to say about this because I obviously haven't seen Highlander. Um but it's Henry Cavill and it's being directed by Chad Stahelski, who's one of the directors of John Wick. Um, so I'm just glad to see Henry Cavill getting some more work. Um, I, I looked up earlier what studio this was. Um, Lionsgate. Lionsgate. Um, so I'm glad that Henry Cavill is... I feel like Warner Brothers is done with Henry Cavill. Uh, and I feel like Henry Cavill is done with Warner Brothers. So I'm glad that other studios are like picking him up and being like, hey, this guy, is, he's, he's a talented guy. Um, and yeah, so I think I'm looking forward to this. Um, you guys haven't seen the most recent Mission Impossible, have you? Nope. He's pretty good in it. I think Henry Cavill's like the best part of that movie. I, Henry Cavill and his big Henry Cavill mustache. Yep, and his that scene where he like reloads his arms or whatever he does. Oh, yeah. Like that, yeah. It's so good. Maybe we could watch that tonight just without any context. Just watch that Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> I would be down. I wouldn't it's say so, no. It's so good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, I like how you decided that without asking me. <laughs> well, I was I making a no, I didn't, face. I, it's like, so we good. don't have, like, I wasn't saying we are watching that. I okay. said, from my perspective, <laughs> That's sure, great. That is an option. You could watch Henry Cavill throw Tom Cruise through a mirror. Wow. Don't you want that? It's so good, though. I've seen a lot of masculinity in the past week. <laughs> zombies. Zom- Not to give anything away. Zombies. Um, we'll, we'll have lots to talk about with zombies. Goodness. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the last like bit of like movie-specific news, we got some other news we'll talk about, um, is that Timothy Chalamet has officially been cast in Warner Brothers' Willy Wonka prequel film. I think it's just titled Wonka. Uh, this is the So there's been a couple Willy Wonka things in the works that we've talked about. This is the one specifically directed by Paul King, who's worked on Paddington and Paddington 2, and it's being written by Simon Farnaby, who wrote Paddington 2. Um, so it's coming from just like that creative team and Timothy Chalamet is going to be going to be playing young Willy Wonka. Um, also one thing that, so I, just from talking to Dave earlier a bit, I'm getting the vibe that Dave's not very excited about this. I think this is actually a good idea. 
I think this is, sounds really interesting. Um, I think it's a really weird direction for Timothy Chalamet's career to go, and I am kind of on board for it, specifically because uh, there's going to be some musical numbers in this. So we're going to get Timothy Chalamet dancing and singing as Willy Wonka, which I think is just incredible. Directed <sighs> by the guy that directed Paddington and written by the same guy. I'm very excited for this. I think this could be really, really interesting uh, and potentially be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys think about this? All right. So, listen, <laughs> I don't want to be excited about this because I think just the concept of a Willy Wonka prequel movie just makes me upset. I don't I don't care. I don't. All of the, like, Wonka backstory stuff in the Tim Burton one from, like, the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, it's like, his dad's a dentist, and he's mean to Willy Wonka. Yeah. All right, whatever. Like, I don't I don't care. I don't, like, I don't want to see a, like, Willy Wonka was bullied, or Willy Wonka was sad, and so that's why he became a weird chocolate man. Like, I just don't, I just don't want that. Um, but the more I hear about this, the more I'm like, maybe I'm excited about this. <laughs> because Timothy Chalamet, I think if it was just timothy chalamet and like a gritty wonka thing mm-hmm. i'd be like i hate that but it sounds like they're going for a more like fun spin on it so i think i'm like kind of on board with this mm-hmm. and I-, I love the idea of seeing timothy chalamet like in like the wonka hat and he's doing some some kicks and some twirls i think that would be a very- swinging a little cane around singing hope- about candy i hope he does the uh um the the part in the first in the original where like Willy Wonka comes out and he's he's looking like an old man and he just does a flip. I hope he does that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hmm. As as number one Timmy fan here. Timote. Timote Chalamet. Timote. I don't really know. <laughs> I think I'm just very torn because obviously we have all enjoyed Paddington so much together and I think it's just really well written a really well developed idea and I think it says a lot about like the director's creativity and execution ability Mm -hmm. however I don't I could never see Timothy Chalamet in a role like this like he doesn't strike me as being goofy and I know like he maybe comes across like that a little bit in like some interviews but like he plays the serious roles like so well like in any role that he's been in i think it there has been a very serious element to either the movie or his character and i just have no clue like what to expect from this (laughs) i will see it just because it's timothy but i feel like in all of the wonka content we've gotten um i guess only the two movies (laughs) yeah it feels like we've got it feels like a franchise that has been beaten to death but we've really only seen two things from it mm-hmm. um I, I feel like in both of those iterations willy wonka is a goofy guy on the outside but there is like a darkness to him mm-hmm. in both of those adaptations so i think timothy chalamet could play someone like that where he can be a fun candy man but he's also kind of depressed hmm. i feel like he could do that yeah i feel like this will be more akin to like the original uh willy wonka film rather than the the johnny depp yeah. one um yeah. like that's kind of just like the vibe i would get from this because like there were there were musical numbers in the johnny depp one but i don't think johnny depp actually did any singing in that one correct me if i'm wrong i feel like he but... might have like done some 
like quote unquote rapping in the or, or or like speak singing where he just kind of said some words in lyric in like in rhythm. Yeah, because that's really what that one was. There were the, the Oompa Loompas did a bit I of guess. singing, but yeah, that's true. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I feel like he could do it. I feel like I the fact that it's not Tim Burton doing this makes me more excited for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fact yeah. that it's like. The guys behind Paddington, which is just such a fun, light, yeah, family-friendly thing, doing this like it. I feel like this version of Wonka isn't going to be anything like too crazy. It's just going to be like a a silly, fun Willy Wonka movie with Timothy Chalamet doing some singing. And so it's a prequel. Right? Yeah, it's a prequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm curious to see how it ends up. Curiously excited. Um, yeah, moving on from the, uh, from there, we got a bit of TV news. Um, I'm not an Adams Family fan or anything. I don't think I've seen any Adams Family material, um, so I don't have much to say about this next thing. But Jen- Jenna Ortega um, has been cast as Wednesday Adams for the live action Netflix series that Tim Burton's working on. I don't know this character or like it's it's a Tim Burton thing that sounds very Tim Burtony. And so yeah, what do you guys think? Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Do you care about this? Um, well, I am looking at her IMDb. She plays um young Jane and Jane the yep. Kitchen. So that's pretty yep, cool. Yep, yep. And she's good in that. Um I just saw something else with her in it. Oh, sorry, I d- I see definitely you. know the name. Have you watched but... you? No, but I I have seen like you. an episode of it and she was in that episode. Um no, she was in something else. Have you seen the show Bizardvark? <laughs> no, but that sounds incredible. It's a Disney Channel show. Okay. I think she was like a Disney Channel star kind of. That sounds about right. Let me. S- she was the vice president's daughter in Iron Man three. Hmm. Oh, so that's pretty interesting. Okay. The, the role of a lifetime, right there. Oh yeah. Oh, I saw the Fallout trailer. Um. It's very interesting. Um, like the trailer gives nothing away, which is kind of cool. But so people are like speculating what it's about. Apparently, that movie is really good. Apparently, is about the aftermath of a school shooting, and she's oh. like the main character. That's interesting. So, that was what I had seen her in. Cool, but yeah, I I feel like she's got like the general look to be a Wednesday Adams type person. So like, cool. I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess. It, it is, I, I think when this was announced, like the show was announced, we were like, it feels weird that Tim Burton hasn't done an Adam's Family thing. So like, yeah, this makes sense. Because that's just what he does. It's just Adam's Family type content. So, um, Yeah, so moving on from there, um, got a bit of Star Wars TV news as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the, the story going around this past week that... Uh, Dave Filoni has been like promoted to executive creative director over at Lucasfilm. Um, they had, like a bunch of people were getting very excited about it on Twitter, and then it came out that he's already been in that position for a year now, um, and they just like made it public recently. So it's nothing too crazy. Um, but uh, from that, Variety, so Variety wrote a story that was kind of just like providing all the details about that and like why we hadn't heard about it or anything, but kind of buried in this story is just, they kind of just casually mentioned that, uh, Rangers of the new Republic, which is a Disney plus show, um, a star Wars Disney plus show that they had announced back at their, uh, investors day in December, um, is no longer in active development. Um, which I feel like kind of confirms what a lot of people had been assuming that this was a show 
that was going to be solely or not solely but mainly focused around the character of Cara Dune played by Gina Carano and then they fired Gina Carano from the Mandalorian like two months after that announcement came out um so it kind of makes sense that they're no longer doing this show um it like it makes me a little sad because like I feel like that the concept of just like a a new Republic Rangers show set between like episode six and seven could be interesting um you could get like uh Paul Sung Hyung Lee uh who plays um uh, Mr. Kim and Kim's Convenience and like he showed up in a couple episodes of The Mandalorian. I feel like you could get him in there um, and just like take some of the other like minor Man- Mandalorian characters and kind of develop a show around them. But this kind of set, I infer from this that they were kind of really betting on Gina Carano with the show and then that turned out to be a bad bet. So now they're not doing it anymore. Um, you guys have, are you guys distraught about the cancellation of Rangers of the New Republic? <laughs> nah. I feel like when it was announced... It was like okay, cool. Like I liked the, I liked um, Cardoon as a character. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was like sure. I but I think of all of the various Star Wars announcements that they had made about shows that they were developing, I don't think this was something I was super excited for. So yeah, yeah it's fine. Whatever. I assume you have little thoughts on this. <laughs> Very little thoughts ever, actually. <laughs> <laughs> about anything. Yeah. yeah, that's how I roll. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah. Uh, now we'll move into we got two trailers to talk about this week. Uh, one came out last week and one came out today. Uh, so we'll start with last week's trailer, which is the trailer for Dear Evan Hansen. Um, Dave's are Dave's are Dave and me are more musical musically inclined than I am <laughs> in terms of movie musicals and just musicals in general. Um, so before because I feel like you guys will probably have a lot to say about this. I have very little to say about this, so I'll start. <laughs> um, basically, it's just like yeah, I think this looks fine. I think watching the trailer, it's like a three minute trailer or something. And I feel like it kind of just gives away the entire plot of the, of the movie. It just kind of like shows you it from start to finish. Um, and yeah, it looks fine. I think I'll probably see it and then think it's fine. But yeah. What are you guys, what are your thoughts? So I really like Dear Evan Hansen. I love the music. Um, I was going to see Dear, Dear Evan Hansen um, in Omaha. I, like my family and I had tickets and then like a week before it was supposed to be like March 20th. So rip, but um, yeah, I think it's like a very solid, good musical. I don't know if I'm like as huge of a fan as a lot of people are of it, but it's <laughs> definitely like very good. Um, so the big thing about this trailer is, and this is this movie. So Ben Platt got his big break in that show. Um, and he's great in it. Like he is, he's really, really good. And when he won a Tony for that performance, like he's excellent. But they they just they cast him again in this role, and he's like 27 in real life, and he's supposed to be playing a 17 year old, and you can really tell. Uh, <laughs> they just kind of slapped a, a curly wig on him, and we're like, that's fine. Oh, that's why it looks so bad. I, I think it's a wig. Like it doesn't look real <laughs> at all. Um, or they just styled his hair to be really curly, and it just. It just looks bad. Like, it just, he looks pretty old and does not look like a kid at all. Um, so, yeah. And I feel like this show in, in general is, I'm not against there being, like, a movie adaptation for it. But with a lot of movie musicals, they're they're very colorful and very, like, a lot of surreal situations where it's like, okay, well, it makes sense that, you don't think about, oh, why are the people singing here? Because there's lots of dance numbers and it's a fantastical situation. And so it's like, okay, if this is like a a, mus- a typical musical. Mm-hmm. But for Dear Evan Hansen, it's very like 
grounded and it's just it's very heavy subject material and it's just taking place in a school with like fairly realistic and real characters which is which is a, a, a very that's why i think it appeals to a lot of people is that it's a very um it's a very touching story it's a very meaningful story but i feel like on screen it might not translate when they're singing songs like you know what i'm saying mia like i just just something was off in this trailer and yeah one you know what it is two what auto-tune yes that for some reason (laughs) which i was complaining to my cousin about this because we were just like going back and forth like what is off about this it's his hair yeah Definitely, because he doesn't have curly hair in the show. I want to briefly interject that I just found an article that says, no, Ben Platt is not wearing a wig in the at Dear Evan Hansen trailer. Apparently, they did just curl his hair. But it, does, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I think they just were like, what makes this guy look young? And disheveled. <laughs> we'll just really mess his hair up. Yeah. He has beautiful hair in the play, and it's styled totally differently. Like... I think I can get past the fact that they cast him because, like, he was, I don't know what the word is, but, like, he was the first, you know? Yeah, and so it's like, is, Dear Evan Hansen, yeah. oh, Ben Platt, hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So that makes enough sense. And I think just because he did such a phenomenal job with it, like, that makes sense. But also, my cousin brought up this great point. There's, like, a 17-year-old who's doing Ben Platt. I don't remember which stage he's on it might be Toronto. Yeah. Like he, he was doing, like okay. playing like Evan the show. Hansen. He's yeah. playing Evan Hansen in the show. And he's like 17. And obviously like he was cast for wherever that, that production is like, he's good enough to be cast in that. So like, uh, okay. Yeah. I get like, it's a, it's a, they want the big name of Ben Platt. Yeah. And so like, I get it. Um, I feel like with like the auto tune, that's, so Pasek and Paul also did Greatest Showman mm-hmm. and La La Land. La La Land. And La La Land. And I think Aladdin. Uh, I think they did do some of Aladdin, yeah. maybe. Hmm. Or um, like the, the new Aladdin, not, yeah. not the, obviously not the one in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, and yeah, I think they what they do in La La Land is really good. But Greatest Showman, I think you have a major issue with that movie and just the music in the, that movie is it is so auto-tuned and so like just does not feel, feel natural at all. And yeah, hmm. I think that's very much for this trailer too like it was it was like throwing me off like i i found a specific part like it makes no sense to me he has a beautiful voice like flawless i mean obviously not flawless but like he has what he has another album coming out i think like it's obvious that he can sing and he doesn't need to be auto-tuned like and the fact that it was so obvious, like, I I know nothing about how autotune works, but even I was like, oh, this sounds really bad. And the fact that they managed to make Ben Platt sound bad baffles me. It's fine. It's fine. I will watch it, but I'm not excited. <laughs> yeah. And so what you said about the trailer being really long, I feel like they needed to let people know because if you don't know what this movie is about i feel like it's hard to market this because hmm. you don't want it to be like oh it just it's a coming of age drama because like it is but it isn't like it's and you don't want it to be too fun you don't want it to be too sad like so like from a like marketing perspective i get why they make they really just lay out exactly what the movie is about in the trailer mm-hmm. um 
but yeah, I don't know. I think the cast is really good. Uh, it's yeah. Um, I I love Caitlin Devers. She was in Booksmart, and so she's um, she's really good. And I also want to mention uh, Danny Pino, who is he plays like the the. F- dad of the the character that dies Mm -hmm. um but uh i've been watching a lot of law and order svu lately uh and he was in like five seasons of that and he's really good in that show i like really liked his character and i was sad when he left Hmm. Um, and then like he showed up in this trailer and i was like hey it's 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 that guy um so i'm just excited to see him in something yeah and Mm. amy adams and julianne moore are the moms and like cool that's great but and it's directed by Stephen Shabosky, who he directed Perks of Being a Wallflower and uh, Wonder, um, I think. And yeah, and which are two I haven't seen Wonder, but but I've heard Wonder's wow. pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Perks of Being a Wallflower is really good and is similar in tone of a, um, hmm. just a kind of a, a very heavy like coming of age drama. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like if you're gonna get a guy to direct that, then like, cool, but. Did he? Write I don't know. It? There's just there's something off about this, and I feel like it could be really good, but because the show is great, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm very... When's it come out? September was that? Yeah, it? yeah, September. So, who knows? Maybe it will be good. Comes he also, I, sorry, I didn't know that he wrote Perks of Being Wallflower, so that kind of diminishes my hope in him. Why? <laughs> like he wrote the book and then he directed it. Oh, like, he wrote the book? He wrote the book. Oh. The book is phenomenal. The movie is phenomenal. So, like, that transition is very easy in yeah. my mind. But mm. I've heard Wonders, like, really good, though. I don't know if hmm. I th- that's probably based on a book as well, but I don't know is if he that wrote that. Jacob um, Tremblay? No. Uh, I don't think Jacob Tremblay. Well, maybe Jacob Tremblay is in that. I know Chris Evans is in that. Um, oh, oh, one. Yeah. I don't know. I think Chris Evans is in that. So I never Jacob actually saw Tremblay it. Jacob isn't that. It never is Never mind. No, you're thinking Gifted. Er, oh, I might be. Yeah, I think Gifted. Owen Wilson is in. Yep, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Hmm. Cool. Interesting. All right, well. Never confused Owen Wilson and Chris Evans before. <laughs> that's a first. I don't think anyone has. The history of mankind, probably. But you did it. Yep. Congrats. Yep, proud of that. Um, yeah, and then the second trailer we want to talk about is we got our first full trailer for Marvel's Eternals, uh, directed by Chloe Zhao, which comes out this November. Um, this trailer definitely just kind of introduces the concept of the Eternals rather than, like, what this specific movie is about. Um, and I think this trailer is, like, it's it's interesting. It's not, it's not like a trailer that's going to, like, blow you away by any means. Uh, but I think it's it just introduces the very interesting concept of of these characters and like it shows them that just like throughout time and like at all these different points in in the history of humanity. Um, but then it also kind of like shows you a little bit about each one. You see them each kind of doing their own thing. It really shows off like the incredible cast that's in this movie, um, and it has a very distinct visual style to it that's very different from what you expect from a Marvel film. It feels more like a Chloe Zhao film than a, than a Marvel film, hmm. which I, I think is really interesting. I'm curious to see like how that translates to like a film that's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so yeah, I don't have like a ton of thoughts on this. I'm very excited for the movie because I think the concept is just really interesting and the fact that Chloe Zhao is doing it and just, again, this cast is incredible. Um, but yeah, I think this trailer, it's it's definitely like piqued my interest. Uh, I think 
I think it sets up this the stage. I think it sets the stage for like another trailer coming out that is like a truly like incredible trailer. Now that we've kind of like been introduced to this concept, um, and maybe in the next trailer they can give us a bit about what the story is. But what you guys saw this trailer it just came out this morning. What are your, what are your reactions to it? it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I liked it. I think. I didn't, this didn't really like move the needle for me for like excitement wise. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's a lot of like shots of cool planets and the characters just kind of standing around and con- conjuring cool laser things. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really get a sense of like the characters until that last little stinger at the end that I thought was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I think it looks good. I, I I didn't. I don't think we got a lot from this, which is honestly fine. Like I'm okay not yeah. really knowing. Like the movie doesn't come out for another like six yeah, months. Yeah, for sure. And I'm okay with like going into this relatively kind of fresh. So because I don't really know exactly where this is gonna go, which I feel is pretty rare for like Marvel movies now. Yeah. So um, yeah. It looks, looks good. Yeah, I was honestly like kind of surprised that they released this trailer like this far in advance, considering there's two marvel films between now and when this trailer comes out or when this movie comes out because we've still got black widow and shang chi um between now and then so i thought they would just focus more of their marketing on that um and they've really picked up the marketing on loki in the past few weeks i don't know if you guys have noticed that but there's Mm -hmm. i feel like there's been a lot of loki marketing kind of all over the place the past few weeks which that starts in two weeks i think week from yeah week from this wednesday it's the first episode of loki nice or two weeks from this wednesday um yeah so eternal trailer it looks looks pretty good so i guess from there we'll, we'll just move into the main topic um so our main topic this week we want to talk about Zack snyder's newest film army of the dead we all went out and saw this film in a theater uh this past thursday um and i think we have some varying reactions to it um so just to start off like just very brief thoughts I thought this movie was pretty good. Like, I didn't, like, love it, but, like, I thought it was a pretty decent zombie film that had, like, a really kind of interesting, like, it it felt a little bit different from, like, a generic zombie movie. It was basically just, like, Ocean's Eleven meets, yeah, zombies, and Zack Snyder, like kind of has a different take on zombies than we usually get. Like there's some of them, like there's like a hierarchy to them and like, there's a kind of like society a bit, um, tied to like the zombies in this film. Um, and I've got, we'll, we'll get into a deeper discussion of the film, which in which I've got, in which I've got notes typed out. Um, cause I, I want to remember to bring up some things. Um, but yeah, overall I had a good time with it. It was way too long. It should have been about 20 minutes shorter. Um, classic. Yeah. Which is, it's <laughs> Zack Snyder. Um, and I think this is 100% a Zack Snyder movie through and through. Like it's just overly dramatic, pretty violent, uh, lots of slow-mo, lots of characters yelling and just like, big shock and awe um and just kind of Zack snyder doing what Zack snyder does best um but yeah i think that's a good thing but i also know that not everyone's into that so what do you guys think about army of the dead you know i i really just kind of went on this movie was a roller coaster for me um i really my enjoyment of this movie like shifted from like scene to scene Mm -hmm. there were times where i was like you know, this is pretty sick. I think I really like this. This is fun. This is good. I dig it. Um, and then 
there are other times, and I think more times, where I was like, this might be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. <laughs> um, but mostly, I was... I think it's just fine. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a Zack Snyder zombie movie. I think it's exactly what you pay for is what you get kind of thing. And as there are, there are many instances on this podcast, one very specific instance and episode where Kyle and I talk about our um, different opinions on Zack Snyder and his filmography. <laughs> and I think specifically in relation to this, the Snyder cut yes, definitely. Uh, of justice. Um, but I think just in general, you like Zack Snyder's work more than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like if you're a Zack Snyder fan, you'll probably like this. But if you're like me, and I think some of his stuff is fine, but I think most of it's not good, <laughs> um, I definitely, this wasn't at all his worst effort, in my opinion, but I think it was just, it, it's just full of Zack Snyder-ness, and yeah. for better or worse. Yeah. What did you think, Mia? <sighs> I, I just don't know. Like... I think there were there were pieces that I liked and then overall you know it was a little it was a lot it was a lot it was yeah. so much more violent and gory than I was expecting and maybe I should have just been prepared for that um but about five minutes in I like leaned over to Dave and I was like I just remember that I'm like terrified of zombies <laughs> so I don't know why I agreed to this you're like oh, now I'm in for a two and a half hour zombie movie yeah um when I when we when Mia because Mia got there a little bit late and so like she sat down right when the movie was starting and I leaned over to her and I said do you know how long this movie is <laughs> and she said no and I was like it's two and a half hours and then she just gave like the biggest <laughs> sigh I've ever and then heard. I pulled out my Chick-fil-A and I was like you know what? I will enjoy my dinner then <laughs> I feel like we should mention the Chick-fil-A that Mia snuck in in her pockets. Just the chicken nuggets in her pockets. And a sandwich. <laughs> and a sandwich. Nuggets in my left pocket, sandwich in my right. I mean, that's the only way to go to a movie. <laughs> only way to do it. God bless men's swim trunks, because that's really how it was possible. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. Yep. Um, um, I guess yeah. I did have a couple more thoughts. I think for some reason there were like some really beautiful shots that i was like wow i liked that Mm -hmm. the main zombie guy got the best framing in every shot that he was in like Mm -hmm. he had the most like glorious entrances i was getting a lot of jesus vibes from his silhouette Mm -hmm. which is zack snyder classic okay classic okay i classic i've only seen (laughs) what is it man of steel i think and so I don't really have much reference when it comes to like Zack Snyder films, but um, you know I don't I don't know I would definitely not see this again. It was it was a lot for me. I don't really like violent movies, yeah. especially when you see everything. It is very violent. <laughs> there's there's some bits with the bits with the when tiger. When bits when bits go everywhere. Yeah, there are some there are bits and there's bits of bits. The um, the worst was the. Oh, the elevator and oh. yeah, yeah. Well, 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 we can get into can't, spoilers a bit in a, in a bit. Um, do we want to just do spoilers? I, I've got some some things I want to mention. Okay, quick. <laughs> um, so this these notes are kind of a mess. First of all, um, so Tignataro uh, is is an actress in this movie. Uh, she plays like the helicopter pilot. Did you guys notice that she was digitally added into this film? Like all of her scenes are because they had originally cast Chris D'Elia in that role. And then like some big stuff came out with him. And so they 
cast her in the role and shot all of her stuff on a green screen and added her into this movie. And I didn't even notice. I found out after the fact and I was like, what? And cause she's one of the, I thought she was one of the best parts of this movie. I really liked her character and I really liked her performance as this character. Um, and I think this is like one of the first like big, like film roles she's had. Cause she's a, she's a stand up comedian. Um, and so apparently she was kind of nervous about taking this role at first because this is just kind of isn't what she does. Um, and I thought she was really, really good in this sh- in this movie. Um, and yeah, again, I literally didn't even notice that she was added. Like she did not share any like actual time on set with any of the <laughs> cast members in this movie. She did it all on her own, uh, which I just think is wild. That 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 is just like a little a little fun detail. Um, yeah, I did not know that at all, and honestly, like, I think looking back, I can see where that does make sense, and there's a lot of a lot of her role, and I mean, this is just maybe how they wrote the character, um, so maybe they could just kind of lucked out here, but mm-hmm. a lot of her role in, like, the second half of this movie is just being in a helicopter by herself. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I feel like they could have easily done that, but everything else is seamless, yeah. and... Um, yeah. So yeah, it was good. Um, some other, so there's like spoilery things in here, but I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait until we get into this, the, the spoiler section to talk about that. Um, one thing that I noticed at the very beginning of the movie, uh, was one of the, so yeah, at the very beginning of the movie, like there's the, the army soldiers and everything. Uh, and the like main soldier that we followed at the beginning is the same guy that played, uh, Jimmy Olsen in Batman vs Superman, nice. um, which he also just died right at the beginning of that movie. So maybe he just has, maybe Zack Snyder just likes to kill this spoiler alert for, I guess the first five minutes of the movie. Um, and you, then you did not see that coming at yeah, all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also I just kind of want to point out like some attention to detail. Um, so, uh, like the, the main zombie at the beginning, like he's, he doesn't have any hair, but then you see him later on and like the main, like the main zombie's hair has like grown out longer. And so I think that's just kind of an interesting detail that like, even though they're dead, their zombies are still like somewhat alive because their hair is growing. Uh, so I think that's an interesting visual detail. And also I just think it's cool that, uh, like the, the main zombies in this movie specifically, like the i think zeus is the name of like the main like guy zombie that wears a helmet uh and then i think there's a name for the queen but i don't remember it off the top of my head um but they're both perform uh played by uh stunt for stunt performers that have worked with Zack snyder on like every one of his movies nice like that that actor like did the stunt work for like superman and batman and batman versus superman and that actress has worked with them in like everything as well and so i think it's just kind of cool that they actually got like leading roles in this film where they um, all they had to do was just kind of hiss. Yeah, and, they just kind of walk, walk around, around and hiss and grunt. But they were really good at it. So <laughs> I, I think, I, th- I think they were really good. At I, it. I think there were some some pretty good hissing and grunting. Yeah. So, um, sure. so yeah, I guess from there, uh, do you guys have any other non-spoilery thoughts before we talk spoilers? Nah. <laughs> I think so. Cool. Um, so I'll, I'm just going to go through like the rest of, of of this here, and then we can have a more of an open discussion. Um, there's really weird things set up with the zombies in this movie because I don't know if you guys noticed while we were watching the movie, but there's there's like very quick bits where like a zombie at one point gets his face shot up, uh, shot off, and there's like a robot underneath. I saw that. There's robots. There's robot zombies in this movie, um, but not like on per- like 
that's not part of the plot. It's no, just a weird it's just kind of a Easter weird visual thing. detail. Yeah. And like I was reading, I read like a bit of a, an interview with Zack Snyder in which he brought that up um, and was kind of just talking about like, oh, well, like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, and just kind of like setting that up for further things. And there, <sighs> we'll talk, we'll talk more about this, but there's already like two other things involving this in development. Um, but I think that's interesting because like the the robots come from, or the zombies come from uh, from Area Fifty One, and so we don't know what what hmm. what that means. Um, and so it kind of just I personally liked what they did with the zombies in this. It felt different, and like they felt they definitely felt like zombies, but like they were different enough that it didn't feel like we were retreading a lot of the same like shticks that have been done with with zombies. Um, and I thought that was just really interesting. Um, one just like fun little detail is at the beginning, the bit where like the guy that played Jimmy Olsen, like he's on the ground and the guy's like, Oh, you scared me there for a bit. And the zombie comes and like tackles him out of nowhere. That's a direct reference to American werewolf in London, like bit for bit. Like I just thought that was fun because American werewolf in London, it's pretty good. Um, and then what else do I have here? I think that might be it actually. <laughs> um, so that's, that's it. I have like written down specifically that I wanted to mention. Um, but yeah, Hmm. What what spoilery things do you guys want to talk about with this? So, one of the other like weird, I feel like there's a lot of just Zack Snyder putting in things just because he just wants to, which is a classic Zack Snyder thing mm-hmm. to do. There's that robot thing. Um, there's a weird moment where, um, and this is another issue I had was just most of the characters were just completely interchangeable, and I mm-hmm. don't remember who any of their like. There were times where I'm like. How many people are in this party? I don't even know. I don't even remember how many have died or how many are left. Yeah. Um, but one of them says to another one of them. <laughs> I just don't remember. I think when they when they are about to enter the vault, um, so maybe the German guy was there. Yeah. Um, I thought he was really good. I thought yeah. the, the guy who played like the safe cracker. He's great. Guy, um, apparently, he's like a really big comedic actor in Germany. I don't nice. know that actor's name. But Matthias Schweighofer. That guy, yes. Um, but that just very quickly, I want to interject that we are for sure getting a prequel film about that character. Yeah. Uh, that's called like uh, it's like Ar- Army of the uh, like Army of Thieves. Yeah, something, something like that. Thieves. But like they are making like Netflix is making a film about that character set prior to this movie, huh. um, which I just think is really interesting. Yeah. And then I think there's also like. Uh, like an animated they're, show. They're, that... it's, it's an anime. It's an Army okay. of the Dead anime. Okay. So. And so that's also a thing that wow. they're... So they're already like expanding this. Um, we can talk more about if I we guess. would like to see that. Um, <laughs> no. But as you, as you were saying, Dave. Um, so they're, they're doing their heist. And then one of them's like, do you ever think about how there, there have been other parties who have done this and we're just like them and in another timeline we died. And then they're like... And then they just cut the shots of corpses that are dressed exactly like yeah. the characters in this movie. And then that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's never mentioned again. <laughs> like, what is that? What? What is that? What? Why? <laughs> See, I think it makes it makes sense in my mind because of the the uh, what happens with those two characters who were the ones who were talking about it. It was the German guy and then the guy, big beefy guy. The dude with the saw. Yeah. yeah. Because... I feel like it kind of made sense to me because like it felt very intentional and emotional when the German guy pushed him into the vault. And I think that was like, they were thinking like in another timeline, like I didn't do that. I get, but like who, who I like it. Who thinks like that? No, no person in the world is like, what if in a different timeline we had died? 
I want to have. I literally do. I, my next tattoo is that concept. Okay. About alternate timelines. Well, like while you're doing a heist, are you gonna stop? I mean, no, but that also heist. checks out with the tone of the film. I think yeah. like they have to have that kind of quip in there. I don't um, know. It made sense to I, me. I keep on remembering dumb things that I, and then I write down so I make sure it's okay. <laughs> um, the, the blonde girl's coyote, who was extremely attractive, I will add, her accent changed like 10 times. Yeah. yeah. I like that character, though. I think it's hilarious how she brought in the 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 dude from outside, and she's like, hey, well, for, she was like, hey, you want to make 20 grand? And he's like, yeah, I'll make 20 grand. And then she just immediately gives him to the zombies when they go in. Beautiful. Um, but also, I thought it was fun just, like, seeing, like, just the the amount of money each character was taking yeah. gradually get lower and lower. Because, like, yeah. so Dave Bautista and, like, the two other people are making, like, 15000 and then they go to the next million. person. $15 million, excuse me. They go to the next person, and they're like, hey, how do you want to make... Uh, two? two million, and then next person was like five hundred thousand, and then that guy was like twenty thousand, and I just thought it was, I thought that was funny. Um, I was looking up tweets about this movie, and um, just a lot of the discourse I saw was like, "This is a scathing just indictment of capitalism," and I'm like, "It's not. Like, it's not that deep. It, like, it really isn't." Yeah. Um, but it could be. But it could because it's, it's Vegas. Got, it's got elements. It does. It, it has themes that are not at all capitalized on, which is <laughs> a classic Zack Snyder thing. Um, I liked so um, the blonde girl who like she's like, oh, I, I can get you in. Like yeah. I know how to get in. The, the and like it's just coyote yeah. walking through a crate. That's how the <laughs> <laughs> the the um boundary that the military has set up is just a bunch of crates that around the really entire made city. no sense that, to that me. didn't bother me a and little like bit. the refugee oh, camp is right there it's just right, it's just, just right there <laughs> like why are you there the zombies are right there like you're telling me they couldn't climb they could easily just climb that and but, like, i feel but like i feel that... like they didn't i feel like with the like weird zombie society yeah, i feel I like they didn't want to they were yes. kind of just like content to stay there and i think yes. i think it also could you could interpret it as being a reflection of like how we treat refugees like yeah we don't care this quarantine I camp suppose. is like yeah you have to get on the bus and leave right now or you will die I, yeah that like, was what so i thought the whole I, I agree the whole premise was that they got to get they got to get the money out before they nuke this. And there's a, when they're watching, they're watching some like TV analysis about this. Which Zack Snyder loves some, <laughs> I'm going to hire some actual TV pundits to do a scene that tells you how society thinks about this thing that's happening. Yeah. It's in, it's like all of his DC movies are that. And there's a lot of that. In yeah. This. Um, but they're like, Oh, human rights activists are upset that they're nuking a site where like, like the, and there's a refugee camp right there. Were they just not going to evacuate the people who were like, like they're like, oh, only after lots of protests are they evacuating this? Were they just going to nuke just people? I guess I don't know. Hmm. Um, I think it's hilarious that they were going to do it on the Fourth of July. I and thought then that was pretty good. That was... that was because the president said it'd be cool. I thought, like, I thought that was. I thought, I thought that was very funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, the like. The, the woman who's like, oh, that's what I do. I get people in, and whatever happens to them happens. And mm -hmm. it's just walking through a crate. She's like, I can get you in. And they just walk through a crate. But hey, she's the one that like knew how like to, to give them the dude so that they would let yeah, like leave them alone. This is yeah. true. So she she like knew how to get around. Yeah, I guess. But and I guess it's it was unguarded because everyone had left. I yeah. guess that's why. But I don't know. Um, 
What other dumb things can I mention? <laughs> I um, feel like Dave just likes to bag on Zack Snyder. I do. That is that is that is not untrue. <laughs> I did most. I think I I think I like this movie, but like barely. Um, I, th- I think it's a I think it's a fun movie. It's a fun it's... dumb movie. Um, I think. What did you guys think about Dave Bautista as the lead? I thought he was fine. Um, I kind of I kind of agree. I yeah. think like he he was pretty good for the most part. I like Dave Bautista as an actor. I think this is the first film I've seen with him like in the leading role. Um, and I think like he handled it pretty well for the most part. There were a couple scenes here and there that he was like a little wooden, but like I think it's interesting seeing Dave Bautista's career like unfold post like post the first Guardians of the Galaxy because he, he's definitely like developing as an actor because I feel like seeing him in this he's pretty good and then he's got a very small role in Blade Runner 2049 and he's really good in that um, so I'm just excited to see like what he does like moving forward yeah I, I, I think I'd, I'd be happy to see him in more roles like this sure um, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I think I think he was fine in this um, I thought the relationship with him and his daughter was like pretty good mm-hmm. pretty well developed um but yeah, I don't know. I just like uh, I thought the zombie tiger was pretty sick. I thought I was gonna think it was dumb, but when that zombie tiger was thrown around that guy, yeah, very good. That, also, that, that was I like probably the, the most violent yes. part of it. Like yes. I had to like act, like I looked away. I was yeah. like, I can't do it. Yeah. Like I just <laughs> it's too much for me. It it just bites a guy's head off, and you just see pretty much all of it. Yeah. Um, but I did like in this movie how all of the like terrible men just got destroyed like yes. there was the guy there was the military guy who immediately just became a zombie and then just gets shot unceremoniously yeah. and then there's the guy who is working for the guy who hired them who's bad mm-hmm. and zombie tiger zombie tiger i thought it was hilarious so like the first time they go in and the the military guy's like oh or like the guy that was like working for whoever uh which is like oh they they have a zombie tiger that's just too far and immediately you're like he, that tiger's gonna kill him gonna and they like there's a couple other points in yeah. which he's like oh that zombie tiger and he's like the only one that mentions it you're like you know this zombie tiger is gonna be the one to do it's, it it's check off zombie tiger <laughs> <laughs> um, um, there was i just thought of something that really bothered me and then it completely left my mind it was really annoying it was about a man <laughs> <laughs> well that's very specific thank you oh, gonna what was the man me. doing I don't know. <laughs> um, well, but, something that we all thought was kind of a very snack sack Snyder thing to oh, do. Oh, I remembered. Sorry. Was oh, go ahead. It was how freaking long that scene with the like sleeping zombies was. I feel like that was like ten I, I liked minutes. That scene. Like I, I thought like it was long, but I liked how long it was because I think it, like personally I thought it built a lot of tension and it kind of just like. Yeah. yeah, but also then why didn't we see like you were like oh she's immediately gonna die and then she just like kept killing them and kept killing them you're like maybe she will be okay and then she just keeps killing them you're like oh she's gonna and then survive it looks like she very much dies but then she doesn't she, she bursts through that window. window and then they're all like they just don't help her yeah <laughs> like they're all right there and they just they just don't help her at yeah all. I I mostly like that scene like i yeah. uh, like even though it was just a lot of her just like shooting zombies that's also Very what most quietly. of this that's also what most of this movie is yeah um and, and i thought i thought that was really cool i thought that actress did a really good job yeah i thought um, that was like a pretty good action scene yeah i i feel like and i don't I, I feel like this is weird to say for this movie but i almost wanted like more action in this i don't know why i feel like there is almost too much 
attempts at character development that I didn't care about. And they're like, hmm. I wanted, I think a lot of the trailers showed they're all working together and they all like, there's a guy with the big saw mm-hmm. and, but all of that was a lot of that, of all of them working together and just all standing in a circle and shooting some zombies and killing some zombies. That was mostly all in the opening montage. Yeah. When there was like the, like they were talking about what they're going to do and it was just kind of like showing yes, them. And like the heist. opening, opening montage. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, cause like, like that was very confusing to me. Like, like the credits or the, credits the opening. Were really long. <laughs> the credits were really long. I think the credits were a bit too long at the beginning, but I understand like what, what that they were doing with that, like showing, like kind of catching you up to like where where this story is when you yeah. start. Um, Do we know how much time had passed since the zombie outbreak and since? I don't think it had been terror. I think it had only been a couple of years. Yeah, but yeah. it's not. They don't. They don't say. No, I got say. that vibe though, based on the relationship with the yeah. daughter. Yeah, um, I think. Would you? So, I think probably uh, one of the weirdest moments of this <laughs> movie, um, which I think I, I think I'm like intrigued by, um, is 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 the zombie baby. Uh, <laughs> so like uh, the the queen zombie gets gets killed, uh, and then there there was a zombie baby that died as well, and then the the Zeus got very upset about that, um, and that's kind of like the tilt the tipping point for the zombies at the end of the movie, and that's when they were like you know we're gonna go get these guys. Um, I thought that was interesting. I thought it was an interesting idea, um, like just like the idea of like I don't know because I feel like. The zombies in this movie were zombies kind of, like, in vibe only. But in terms of, like, actual physicality, like, they weren't really zombies. They no. were kind of just, like... Strong men. They were kind of just, like, <laughs> monsters. Like, And so, like, they weren't, like, the undead or anything. Like They were just kind of people who would bite you. Yeah. Um, like, pretty much. <laughs> which, so I think kind of what Snyder was setting up a bit was, like, it was kind of, like, some sort of, like alien virus or something because that's why like the first one came from area 51 uh and then like it was kind of just infecting a lot of people and then i guess they were making more zombies by having a baby um which i think i think it's i think there's a lot of really interesting ideas that i'd like like to see what they were gonna do with it um because i think there's a good chance we we get like a, a like an actual sequel to this i think there's a very good chance of that um, because like it's been like pretty well received. Like a lot of people were saying it's Zack Snyder's like best film, um, and like it's it's definitely been a hit for Netflix. Um, and because the so it played in theaters for a week. It might still be in theaters, but at least it got released in theaters one week, and then like the next week. So like this past Friday, it was released on Netflix. And so now, like if you want to, you can just go watch it on Netflix. Um, and so yeah, I think it's definitely been like a hit for them. And obviously, they're already doing the the prequel and the anime. Um, but I think we will get like a, 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 like true, like sequel to this in some form. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you, I, I was kind of just rambling. Um, um, but yeah, what else do you guys want to talk about? I feel like, oh, would you be interested so in a sequel? Uh, every character is dead, but like a sequel to like this kind of like concept, I like, guess, I guess, I mean, maybe what happened to the, the daughter? We, we don't know. I think we, she. I think she was okay. Yeah, was I fine. think she survived, and then the there was the dude at the end who that like, was got out, who um, was bitten like hours and hours. Yeah, ago. that was that yeah. was 
I'll give you that. Yes. Um, I think it's interesting that, like, the one guy got out, um, and, like, then he I feel like became a zombie. And I he guess... He was, like, that guy, though. Like, I, I, I thought he was an okay character, mm-hmm. but I think of... He was maybe, like the fourth or fifth person I would have want to see like yeah. out of there. But hey, if if uh if there is a sequel then he's probably not going to be doing a lot of acting in it. He'll probably just be a zombie. He's like I guess uh, yeah, cuz I guess Snyder's kind of setting him up as like the new like alpha, alpha zombie. Yeah. Um what? that's going to be going to Mexico City. I guess. Uh, yep. Yeah. And then I assume it'll be kind of like an actual like outbreak like in the world rather than yeah. just contained to Las Vegas. Yeah. And I think with with like these kinds of zombies, I'm like curious to see what that would look like. Huh. Yeah. I think I am too. And like I the idea, I think there were some interesting zo- uh zombie concepts, zom zom zomcepts if you will. <laughs> um <laughs> that I feel like I hadn't seen before in zombie. <laughs> I don't think I've really seen a lot of zombie movies to be honest, but I feel like the zombies, they have a society. I was like, all right, yeah, sure. I guess they can. Yeah. Um, zombies, they have some feelings toward each other. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I think I was like, cool. I was, I was fine with that. Um, I know yeah. it was like kind of dumb, but I also really liked how Zeus had like a helmet so that he couldn't get shot in the head. And I, so like, I thought that was, I thought that was dumb, interesting. It, it was, it was yes. dumb, but also, also like, I cape, thought it, I, I also like the cape was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I think it, it looked cool. It though. did. It looked very cool. Well, I think the design of that character was really, was yes. really interesting. Also just like the makeup in this movie in general was like pretty good. on point, like yeah. consistently. Um, but yeah, I thought the, I thought the helmet looked pretty cool and like, it was kind of like, Oh yeah, this, this zombie's a, a smart boy. He knows that yeah. he can't get shot in the head. Hmm. Um, I feel like there were a lot of moments that were supposed to be serious that I just laughed at. <laughs> Such maybe, as? maybe that's just me. But like when so Dave Batista and the the woman who he's friends love with interest. and lo- who who just well. becomes a love interest at the end. Toward the she's like, actually I'm here because I love you. And he's like, Okay, we'll talk about it later. And then they turn a corner and she just gets her neck snapped yeah. like immediately. Yeah. I thought that was very funny. I don't know why, <laughs> but I laughed. Yeah. I, it just was so sudden. I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> I it was killing me, haha, the whole movie because I knew I knew that actress and I didn't want to look it up because I was like, I know I know this person. The next day, the next morning, I was at work and I like suddenly it was like an epiphany and I remembered who it was and I texted you. She is Sister um, Incarnacion is her name in Nacho Libre. And I was like, that's not her. And then I was like, I well, that movie's like... I have, four- not, I have not seen Nacho Libre. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, she's like the main love interest. She's a nice. she's a, um, a female priest. Uh, a, a nun? A nun. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I could, nice. I could not think of it. Um, I also thought when he, uh, they dropped uh, the zombie queen's head off a building and it fell and it splatted, I thought that was very funny. Um, but also that was really well developed or badly developed well developed it was badly developed because you were like okay her head has been cut off she is dead zeus has her body he mourns her there's a baby she is she is totally dead suddenly we have her head and he's like oh we have our head she can still be alive question mark i yeah in that same interview with Zack snyder i was reading he said that like if they had like 
reattached her head to her body like she would have like been fine that was not really at all not set up in the movie but yeah also i thought so the evil businessman i think his name is tanaka in this um i think so so his plan was we need to hire these people because we need to get them to get this money out of the bank vault but the money isn't the real thing that i want i want the zombie head's head yeah for money reasons just tell him to get that like that they wouldn't say just be like hey i want you to get this zombie's head and then i'll pay you a million like a million dollars and they'd probably be but like maybe he was trying yeah. to keep it on like the hush hush he didn't want yes. them to know because then they could have told people and like because and also what would be the incentive like yeah. when they 15 million yeah. or some money that out of pocket he's yeah. giving to them when they first get there and the zombie queen just rolls up with like <laughs> one bodyguard guy. I don't even think it was Zeus. It was just some guy. Yes, yeah, just some dude. other zombie. And they just the the guy, the evil guy who want know they want the head, just be like, I'm just gonna get it right now. And then I'm out. And then I'm leaving. Like cause she's right there. She has no protection. Just kill her. Hmm. I don't know, man. Um, I I thought it was very fun. The <laughs> When they walk into the casino and they see some blueprints and they're like, these are blueprints to the vault. That means Tanaka must have sent other people in here. Does it mean that? I, I don't think I would assume that if I just saw some blueprints on a table somewhere. I mean, I don't know why they would be out otherwise. Because it's yeah. in Tanaka's casino. But why But why would why would they just be out in the casino? Yeah. Because I feel like that's a logical... I, I, don't, I don't think they would just be like out in the in the main floor of the casino. I don't think I would see that and say that means that somebody else was sent here. I think I I'd just be like, think I would. Here. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think you're wrong, Dave. I, yeah. I think I'm right. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else? Um, I feel like because Dave has been bad word, not very receptive of this movie. I feel like we should go around and talk about something that we did like. Listen, okay. Make it all Dave talking. <laughs> all right. So I, I know I, I've kicked this movie a lot. I kick Zack Snyder a lot. Like, I didn't hate this. I just think it's a... I enjoyed seeing this movie because I'm like, there are a million dumb things I can talk about about this. And you know what? That's that's sometimes... what It is exactly what I wanted out of this movie. Like, I wasn't disappointed by this movie. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. So I I, I just want to leave by saying that. Uh, I liked this movie. I thought it was a good time. And I think... I think if you're looking for just like a kind of like I think it's a, a a zombie movie that kind of lives up to the the concept of like a zombie movie but also like meets Ocean's 11. Like I think yeah. that's like a, a good pitch for it and I think it's exactly that and I think it's a fun time. It definitely has dumb moments, but I think those dumb moments like add to the fun of it. So I think this movie like I had a really good time with it. I would recommend it. Um it is two and a half hours, so if you're going to watch it buckle up. Um but like I don't know. I I I give it a solid thumbs up. What, what, what are your closing thoughts, Mia? I wish that I could erase some of the images from my mind, frankly, because <laughs> I'm a baby. And I will just have to live with those images in my head until I die. However, <laughs> I did really, I really liked some aspects of it. I really liked the German guy. I mm -hmm. think he was just so endearing. And you're like, okay, obviously he's going to die. But mm -hmm. like, he was so endearing. And the moment... I could not stop laughing when he talked to Guzman, I think was his name. And he was like, I really like your hair. And that was it. And then it was yes. a cut scene. And yeah. it was 
so funny yeah. and so well executed also i was telling dave this as we biked here he's supposed to be like the kid and his actor is like 40 and he, <laughs> he could be like 24 yeah. he struck he struck me like he was in his mid-20s was the, the vibe i got okay. i didn't know this is yeah, that actor was that old that's yeah. kind of funny um, deceptive one very good thing that i forgot to mention was the bit when they were trying to get the zombies to do the to trigger the booby traps i thought that was great yeah it was a great that was bit. funny it was, that was very good. funny i was like that was a moment where i'm like do i like this movie no but i like that one part yeah. so yeah oh oh my gosh we never got this fleshed out um the ones at the entrance they were like oh yeah they'll come back to life once it rains it just never and rained. we just yeah, never that, saw anything yeah, like that. That's true. Yeah. Like they kind of just set that up and didn't do anything with it. I was I, I told Dave during the movie when they were like kind of trapped in an elevator. They I guess they weren't really trapped. It was like the three, it was the German guy, Saw guy, and Gooseman. Mm-hmm. And there were zombies in there. And I told Dave, something's gonna happen and the sprinkler system is gonna go off and the zombies are gonna get wet and they're gonna be trapped in the elevator with zombies. Which would have been brilliant yeah. because of that correlation and then that just never happened yeah i feel like they just were like well what can we there are millions of zombies here but like they cannot fight millions of zombies because they would be too outmatched especially if they were just all waiting at the front so i think they're just like they don't like heat okay yeah. <laughs> i think that, i think that's just what, yeah. what they did um Zach, did Zack Snyder write this like just, yeah. just him? Yeah, I think so. I'll double check. Nice. But, has he um, done that? I'm sure. Sh- yeah, I'm sure he has. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, he wrote this. Um, so he came up with the story and then he wrote it along with like two other people. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, in that same, I know I've mentioned this interview a couple times, but I guess in that same interview, like when he had like his first like meetings with Netflix because he signed like a deal with them, um, they're kind of just like, so what do you want to do? And he kind of was just like, well, because apparently like he came up with the idea for this movie like back in the early 2000s when he was doing Dawn of the Dead, like which was like one of the first like big films he made. Um, and he's just been kind of like kicking around the idea since and he just brought it up and they're like, yeah, let's just, just let's do that. And he's like, all right, cool, let's do it. Nice. Nice. Yep. So yeah. Good for him. Army Zach, of the Dead. Zack Snyder. Yeah. Zack Snyder. <laughs> what a man. Um, yeah. This has been episode 52 of Cinebraskans, wow. Daily Nebraska Entertainment Podcast. We've done a full year. We've done 52 weeks of this podcast. That's We've great. A full year. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I definitely was like, 52 weeks is half a year. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I graduated college. <laughs> and in grad school. That's a mistake. <laughs> um, but yeah, so as always, I've been your host, Kyle Cruz, joined by my co-host, David Berman, as well as Mia Everding. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. See ya. See ya. <laughs>